Welcome to Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And this week, we kicked a penalty goal straight into the reactor module of a nuclear sub being piloted by a devilish deity of destruction. But before we get into something new, it's time for something old as we check in our last feature in Box Office Report. Now, last episode, we released the uh, Lord of the Flies style. Well, not even that. It was not a sci-fi even. horror film called... Oh, Total Eclipse. Total Eclipse. Set on the, the, the moon and moon spores were infecting yes. the moon inhabitants and yeah. tried to, to infect Earth. A kind of alternate history where Apollo 13 yeah. went well and Jim Lovell became president of the moon. Exactly. Now, in the production of this film, we decided that we would cast actors who'd been in some kind of space film or space TV show yep. or whatever. We'd lock them into a soundstage of some kind, a big studio, and let them battle it out for exactly. supremacy. Um, and because of that, we didn't write the second act of the film or the third act of the film because we didn't know which actors would survive and which characters would still be there after the end of it. Um, now... In theory, that sounds like a great plan on paper. It was like, yep, approved our uh, board members, which is just the two of us, said, yep, yep. let's do it. I mean, I signed off on it. Yeah, so did I. Uh, the problem is they're still in there. They're, they're still, still going. going. Uh, this is what happened, right? So at the moment, there's only a few of them left, but uh, Michael Fassbender, right? right? He got in there, obviously, in Prometheus, uh, playing uh, the android David, I think his yep. name was. Uh, now, we stipulated that actors cannot bring in any anything to assist them in this sort of battle royale uh, fight to the, well, I guess, death. Um, The thing is, Michael Fassbender brought in, inadvertently, we didn't realise this, but he brought in his, like... um, prosthetic head from Prometheus. Oh, right. Uh, He hid it it under his shirt, so we just thought he'd gotten fat for a role. Um, But what he did with it is, uh, early on into the uh, game, the battle... Uh, he just left the head lying around and everyone thought that Michael Fassbender had died already, that he was oh, out of right. it. He He's- just lay hidden in wait and then just started picking off actors one by one. So now there's like a very tense standoff in there with like, I think Lupita Nyong'o is in there. Yep. Um, obviously, Tom Hanks is still going strong because he just has to. Um, and yeah, Michael Fassbender is just in there biding his time. We have no idea where he is. We've lost track of him right, on all of our infrared cameras, uh, all of our sense, like motion sensing cameras. We can't see him. He's, he's somehow camouflaged himself. I've been watching the the live stream because we, we've, yeah. we've set up the cameras we set it up. Yeah, yeah. in there. They, they just look like security cameras on the wall, but we're, we're live streaming the um, the event yes. as it's going. See, I haven't been following the Michael Fassbender saga as it's unfolded. Yeah. I've been following the Michael Jordan, um, oh. uh, obviously from Space Jam. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and he, um, using like obviously incredibly athletic, uh, yep. no how to work but yep. only in like with teams of five it must be a basketball thing I'm not really sure so um, I've been following his story and he must be just in a se- completely separate wing to the, the, okay. the Fastbender thing as wow. it unfurls okay. so I mean my money's on him Yep. Um, I reckon I reckon uh, Jordan Jordan you know, all the yeah, way you know what I've caught uh, a couple of uh, bits of Michael Jordan in action and surprisingly he's managed to fashion himself a baseball bat now he had a really kind of yeah. awful baseball career but he's doing really he's well with doing that bat in very there. well I don't yeah. know what's happened he's had a bit of a a career turnaround in there. All right. So, I mean, we'll have to see as that unfolds. Yeah, Ob- yeah, obviously, yeah. Um, if you are 
uh, subscribe to the Mephistopheles uh, live, yep. um, you can tune into the the live stream. Yep. Yep. We have um, multiple buttons on the remote, so you can yep. follow multiple storylines. Yep. Eventually, I suppose we'll cut that together into a film and release Probably, it. Yeah. But I mean, it seems to be wildly popular at the moment. We'll just have to wait and see. So, yeah, yeah. It's also tied up many actors, so I'm not sure who we're going to cast this week for our film. But anyway, exactly. We'll find out. I mean, it has legitimately caused a, a, a shortage. <laughs> um, people are voluntarily killing themselves <laughs> off to meet other contractual <laughs> obligations with other studios. Yeah. <laughs> we're not actually sure who's dead and who's not at this point yeah. actually <laughs> all right on to this week in trailers and first film for this week's episode is hunter killer starring uh gary oldman gerard butler gerard butler common uh linda cardellini yeah and uh brought to you from the producers of fast and furious and, and olympus has fallen olympus has fallen yes uh, when, it, when i saw the name hunter killer i'm yep. like is that a like clever play on this is the you know the person who who kills the the hunters who yeah. is like the be great. the alpha of the alphas yep. uh or it could it could it could have meant so many different things i thought it was a shark film i saw like the poster image was of water and i was like oh classic exactly. shark film um, it's it, not. It's not. It's a submarine film. <laughs> it's a sub film, yes. Uh, so uh, it seems to sort of play on the whole, like, Russia antagonism that uh, the US is going through <laughs> yeah. right now. Um, you, you say right now. It has been right as through. far back as probably the <laughs> 70s, I think, was the first time Bond was fighting the USSR. You're right. There was um, a brief period of, like, yeah, you guys are all right. Alec, Alec Baldwin was fighting them True, in, the, yep. in the 80s. Harrison Ford yep, was fighting yep. them in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a long run against Russia. Yeah. You say Harrison Ford as well, and this film really does feel like uh, The Hunt for the Red October. Well, this is why I said uh, Alec Baldwin, yeah, who, was, who played Jack Ryan in Jack that Ryan film. in that film, yeah. But uh, this feels like The Hunt for the Red October with a lot of extraneous, like, CGI. It is. It it's is full of it. Pretty, and, and bad CGI really in that as well. Bad. But, I mean, you probably wouldn't expect anything more from a film that was brought to you by the guys who did uh, Olympus Has Fallen yeah. and Fast and Furious. But yet it has Gary Oldman in it. That is the the most startling thing it about this. no is, sense. Is that Gary Oldman shows up at all. Like, when Gerard Butler's there, you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> it's the kind of film that goes for the gravitas of, like, The Sum of All Fears or The Hunt for the Red October, uh, but just fails miserably because Gerard Butler's sitting there trying to act serious at you. Well, it's like they've watched those films and go, you know what those films don't do? They don't fall back on special effects as a crutch quite as much as they should. We need bad, you know, surface to sea missiles. That's right, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 was it surface to air is... Uh, surface silo. Surface anyway. to, yeah, whatever. Uh, One of the two. Whatever the ones I used to play in Red Alert Command and Conquer um, <laughs> that was surface to air. This one, they, they fire in the air and then they go underwater and try and blow up submarines. Yeah, They yeah. smuggle some Russian dude on board yeah. through a torpedo tube so yep. he can guide them through some strait at some point. Which I'm pretty certain happened in an old James Bond film as well. Oh, it's... it's um, I don't even know why there needs to be so many subs. Russians amassing, amassing the most military force that they ever put together on under the land, under the ocean. <laughs> on the ocean and under the ocean. Uh, only Gerard Butler can... Save us all. Save us all. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually I'm not sick of watching Jerry Butler save us all. If I'm, I'm not being actually completely honest. <laughs> yeah. uh, from uh, Geostorm from uh, earlier this year, I think was it this last year, or year or last year? year? Midway through wow. last year. We're Time coming, flies. We're coming up on our one year. Uh, well, they want an anniversary of Geostorm. No, not one of Geostorm, but just of the the podcast. Of the podcast. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, well, we'll keep a track. We'll keep a track on that and probably. I don't know, do a special episode one week later or something. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I think we the world does need more Gerard Butler pretending to act. Um, seriously. Pretending to act. He's pretending to act. <laughs> All right. Uh, on to trailer number two, which is 
Slenderman coming at you from Sony Pictures. Uh, now, Slenderman, if you don't know, and I'm pretty sure most people would if you've been on the internet for five minutes, uh, is a sort of like um, urban legend horror tale that uh, began on the internet as a kind of uh, short story and it sort of spread into this huge mythology that has actually leaked into the real world as well. There was a sort of a very high-profile case of two teenage girls who went on to, uh, like, try to murder one of their friends because they thought Slender Man was calling them. Um, but anyway, Sony optioned the rights to this film and everyone thought, okay, they're going to do like a nice hardcore, super scary horror film as befitting the short stories. No, PG-13. It is PG-13 rated, which is really weird for a, a horror film. And the other thing which is, like, they didn't quite nail in the trailer are the jump scares. <laughs> it's really bad. There's about four moments there where it's like, oh, they're going to do a jump scare. And it's like a really soft jump. It's like yeah. a skip scare. <laughs> is, that, is that like a soft jump? It's a well, flutter scare, yeah. Yeah, where it's like, oh, I, I see you were going for something, but then you definitely pulled back because yeah, you didn't yeah. want it to be too scary. And I'm like, oh, they probably had a whole yeah. bunch of jump scares in there. I, and there, there's there's PG ratings where you're like, 13 jump scares. Yep. Uh, Anything more than that, then it's, yep. you know, uh, a hard R rating. Anything yep. less than that, we can put PG. <laughs> as well as PG-13. Yeah. People think it's an age thing. It's no, It's actually the number of jump scares you're allowed in a film yeah, before exactly. it gets high, high rating. Just to just to demonstrate how non-scary these uh, supposed jump scares are, um, there's one where there's sort of... It's tracking a, a girl who's walking through a forest, and then in the background, blurry, you can see what is clearly Slender Man. Yep. And then the jump scare is it just goes in focus. It just goes, it's just, it's yeah. just shifts into focus. So it's like every DOP's worst nightmare or something. I don't know. It's not scary. But that's not a bad point. It's it's actually the DOP who's been jump scared into having to do a, a perfect pull focus. Um, that's really, really hard as well. Um, uh, yeah. Look, I mean, it focuses on four uh, high school girls. Yeah. One of them goes missing. Um, there's uh, one or two familiar faces amongst the the girls who yeah. I think used to be child actors and Probably. are now now teen actors yep. or twenty year olds trying to play teens. It's very it's very difficult to <laughs> forty year to keep track of teens, it. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, it just it seems it like it's really bad. Yeah, they, they could have made a legitimately good horror film out of yeah, this. Yeah. And inche- instead, they've chosen to go down the um. We definitely <laughs> want more people to go watch the movie rather yeah. than actually make something interesting. Mm, yeah. So. And I think oddly enough, I feel like Sony's trying to actually get the sort of young teen market with this film because it's actually like the Slender Man stories have sort of been very popular amongst school kids and I, I assume I'm not a school kid but no. like um, you know they're kind of they're creepy like they're legitimately creepy so yeah slap a, P, a hard PG-13 <laughs> age limit on that film and you'll get them all racing to the cinemas to get mildly concerned yeah um, <laughs> Because they're not getting scared. Not at all. Uh, see that? I don't give a crap when. Uh, <laughs> what kind of what kind of genre is? It's not if it's not it's horror. Not, it's not horror. Is it's it anxiety? Anx- <laughs> <laughs> Heavy breathing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. See that anxiety film later this year. Uh, all right. On to the last trailer for this week's episode, which is Final Score, starring Dave Bo- uh, Bautista. Ba- Bautista. My apologies, sir. Pierce, Pierce Brosnan, Brosnan and other actors. And the West Ham United football team. Yes. And, and also West Ham United football stadium. Absolutely. Is apparently a major character in yes. this film. Yes. Now, I believe you characterized this while we were watching it as like diehard in a football stadium. It is It is a, a public place which is taken over by terrorists. Yep. And only one man has the skills to rescue the day. Yep. Uh, he's been told that he has to locate some sort of Eastern European 
I imagine some sort of war criminal leader possible. Yep. I really don't know. Yeah. The fact that Pierce Brosnan's there <laughs> at all with a great big grey beard and speaking and with a, a Russian, Russian accent, accent yeah. um, makes him almost <laughs> unrecognisable. Uh, he then, you know, is coordinating with the police force that have surrounded it and trying to take out the bad guys one by one. Yeah. Um, some, in, in a weird way like at one stage they're driving on the roof of the stadium with motorcycles motorcycle. I'm like where did you get a motorcycle yeah. Dave Bautista <laughs> keep in mind the stadium's meant to be on lockdown so there's an early on the, the sort of opening to this trailer shows like terrorists going into some sort of control room for the stadium bringing up this like really fancy 3D interface when they press a button and then it says stadium secured or stadium lockdown it's yeah. like what stadium has that technology West Ham United Stadium <laughs> does of course <laughs> Uh, but then, like, once the stadium is locked down and all the lights go out, and obviously the crowd's very concerned, um, Dave uh, Bautista gets a phone call from the terrorists saying that he's got, like, 90 minutes to do something. Yeah. I'm just like, how did you make that call? Like, surely at know. that point, the mobile phone network is just utterly... Ju- Can you imagine if, like, your yeah. whole plan as a terrorist <laughs> is, like, contingent on you getting through in that situation? Exactly. And then they because they've sort of shut down the power, everyone's on their phones. But also, like, they turn the power back on and the soccer game continues. Yeah. Because, like, the big climactic motorcycle shot is, like, they you know, you can see them roasting along the roof and yeah. then them also still playing still soccer. Still playing football, yeah. Like, I just... <laughs> I suppose that happens. There's blackouts in stadiums yeah. and then they continue to play football. But if the terrorists were going to cause the blackout, yeah. then... And then, and then turn the lights back on afterwards yeah, yeah, yeah. and make the game. I don't, I don't understand. You know what's interesting about this as well? The fact that it is football or soccer, if you're uh, from America or Australia, um, because like most of these films where like some big event happens at a stadium, it's usually like baseball, American football, something that like for some reason shows like big burly men doing some kind of sport. It's never like soccer, which is just full of like players diving well, the and- other, yeah the other one that i was that using legitimate english premier league teams yeah. as well i wouldn't be surprised if they'd, be they'd signed a contract they- and the actual players <laughs> from west ham united They've and gotta be whoever they're playing i think it was newcastle i didn't yeah. see the logo for long yep. enough are actually in there at some <laughs> point as well um or maybe it was just an excuse because there's the yeah, again there, it can be any generic stadium this absolutely this um this whole plot works no yep. matter what sport they're watching yep. maybe the fact that they're Eastern European war criminals. And, yeah, exactly. And I'm sure there's a number of those who own English <laughs> football teams at this stage anyway, so... There's another thing in this trailer that I want to point out is sort of a trope of action films, and that's the kind of, like, David and Goliath-style, like, matchup between two people who are of, like, vastly different sizes. And, like, the James Bond films kind of really popularise that with, like, Jaws and Roger Moore, because Roger Moore's not, like... No. He never was athletically gifted enough to play Bond, but, like... Obviously, like, Richard Keel was, like, seven foot tall and quite imposing. But in this... They do it in this film as well. But Dave Bautista is already gigantic. so cut he is so muscular (laughs) and so ripped that yeah yeah but somehow they've gotten someone who's even bigger than that even taller even more tanked just to go look at the comparison i'm like dude you're like you're just way too above and beyond (laughs) what what human physical limits should be what are they gonna do when they cast that guy as like the lead in some other action hero film who's he gonna go they're gonna go go the opposite actually oh really i was gonna go just get a grizzly bear (laughs) the the only thing bigger and stronger than i think the guy who beats up Dave yeah, yeah. Bautista in this yep. film it has to be like a grizzly just bear. Just in, in like a Russian like army outfit or something. Yeah. I am Medved. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, all right. I believe those are the three trailers for this week's Indeed. episode. But of course, before we can do anything with those, we're going to have to take a little walk over to the green room. Let's go. 
it. Here we are. All right, let's do a quick recap of the the three films we've got on offer. We have a um, political animosity boiling over into a military action-packed war conflict. That makes it sound so much better than it actually is. (laughs) It does. Uh, We have a, a very soft version of a... Uh, horror creature, but done in yep. the, in the most unscary way you can Notably possibly imagine. From an internet based, internet uh, based. Source. I mean, I'm sure we could, you know, if we happen to brainstorm our own original intellectual property monster. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and and finally, we have a. It's just a siege film. It's a siege, it's a siege action film, film. Yeah, set in a in a stadium, I guess. This one's set in a stadium. Any siege film you know, under siege is on a boat. <laughs> Die Hard is in a. Even Olympus has fallen, which is from the same guys who yep. did uh, Hunter Killer, is a siege film in the White House. You can set yep. a siege film anywhere you want. There's that action film that we did a while back, which was set in a school. Set in a school, yeah. S- Steel chalk. Steel chalk, yeah. Um, all right, uh, I believe it's my turn this it week is. to choose. Um, this is interesting. I really think. Given that uh, we kind of did horror last week, we can't really do slender unless we do a mild anxiety <laughs> film, um, which is kind of boring. Um, and we've kind of done the siege in a location film as well. Yeah. So I think it's going to have to be political intrigue that then uh, results in all-out war. All right. Okay. Uh, in uh, Hunter Killer. Hunter Killer. Yeah. Um, you know what? I look. <laughs> I'm. Let's just go with it. Let's just call our film Hunter Killer. Can we just... I mean, it's 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 too good of a name to it have is. a film that was as bad as the trailer that we watched. Yeah. I think for legal reasons, can we just call it Killer Hunter? <laughs> um, just, just like... Yeah, perfect. We're perfect. just swapping around. They can't... We're just covering our bases. Yep. And it pretty much means the same thing. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it's our own film. Excellent. Now, uh, so, these films always start off with, like, bubbling tension on the surface between two massive superpowers. Yes. Right? Uh, now, do we want to do the exact opposite and just do it between, like, two middling superpowers? It depends on... I mean, if we're going to ramp up to a full-scale conflict, yep. the the people that or the countries that we have to choose need to have something that is of a significant enough backing true. to make it worthwhile. True, true, true. Unless we go with, like, the Mad Max route, yep. where, where the, the kind of military force yep. that they managed to cobble together in Mad yep. Max 2 is yep. just old rusted cars yep. with spikes yep. all over them. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, if, if we do... We could do two rival sort of country towns yep. up against one another and try yep. and do the same sort of heightened... Perfect. Uh, even, I mean, we could even do the whole, like, let's do it, like, post-hunter-killer... Post, oh, so this is post, um, post the war, post the war, yeah. And you have you know people redrawing where the yep. the boundary lines are between countries. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's how, ha- yeah, that, that's actually perfect. The the lines on the map have all been erased. Yes, uh, all the different countries are in either some of them have been blown off the map. Some of them are sort of trying to piece together what little they had to be something bigger, and, and others some of are the trying smaller to like ones are trying yeah, yeah. To- Use, use the vacuum in power to expand their own territories exactly. as well. Exactly. Uh, and some other weird countries are trying to, like, launch their entire country at another country, like, literally just trying to move the landmass over yeah, to another like, country. We, we just don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> We're Andorra. It's really nice up in the mountains, but it gets pretty cold. Can we have some space down on the French Riviera, please? That's right. Exactly. Uh, and they devise a scheme to, like... I don't know, cut into the earth and like separate it from the uh, crust. Yep. Uh, and uh, 
I don't know, put rockets on the whole thing and shifted down into <laughs> the French Riviera. very much like uh, one of the uh, Infinity War uh, <laughs> oh, really? Aven- Avengers. Don't they put like rockets underneath a big know. city and rise it up into oh, the no, air? Oh, no, you're right, yeah. yeah Age in, of Ultron? I think it's Age of Ultron, yeah. So it's not implausible at all. Uh, great. So uh, we're doing post-war. Now, should we focus on two countries? Or is this more of a like... Uh, pockets of of civilizations no, I kind like, of i like the countries thing yeah i like okay. or maybe maybe it sort of becomes that thing where maybe a city wants to become a country or a town wants to become yep. their own country so we can sort of do we can sort of you know a bit of both but it's yep. whatever one of them is definitely uh the small fry who's going well i'm going to use this opportunity to expand out and become yep. my own country yep great um wherever that happens to be uh cool and gather cool and gather so we're doing an Australian. Uh, yeah, why not? It is. So we're getting that very Mad Max flavor yeah, yeah. of of a post apocalyptic outback yep. Australia. And I mean, we actually think bigger than that. Why don't yeah. we, in uh, for those of you from this country, uh, Western Australia, which is one of our states, has yeah. tried to secede and become its own country. <laughs> right, I think about five times over the last one hundred years. Um, Spoiler alert: It has never worked. It, it hasn't worked at all. Um, so wh- maybe this is. Maybe this is uh, Western Australia's Western chance. Australia's chance. Maybe right. Tasmania, the tiny little <laughs> island sitting down on the southern end yeah, of Australia, right. yeah, yeah. which is always sort of like felt as though it's the you know the, the little brother to the big bully right. of Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, maybe they're trying to become their own country as well. That's a great idea. Um, all right, I like the idea of Tasmania actually. So they're like, if you don't know your geography very well, and I'm assuming given our vast international audience and the fact that we're based in uh, Hollywood. Um, <laughs> Tasmania is not physically connected to the Australian mainland. It's separated by... That's right. Yeah, it's separated by uh, the Bass Bass Strait, Strait, which is apparently, like, one of the most turbulent and, like, storm-ridden and hardest, like, bits of ocean to cross. It's probably... Uh, It's not terribly far from Antarctica. Like, it's very, very cold. (laughs) It is, it Uh, is. It's, uh... Um, yeah, you. you it's do. lovely though. It's <laughs> it's a lovely place, <laughs> but I think that's the thing. I think Tasmania is getting sick of being known as the lovely place that you go for like a romantic getaway for yeah. two. It's like you know you go there if you want to have a nice wine tasting tour or tour the the forests and you know be cold in the middle of spring <laughs> uh, so tasmania is just like you know what we've had enough of this um we now need to push the entire landmass up right. the bass strait right and, they're, they're yeah. gonna jam it right on the end jam of- it right on there and you know what i think i think that like we we tell the film from two perspectives right and i like the idea of like not knowing which you know so in um uh hunter killer you get the idea that, like, oh, yeah, the the US is the hero here. And exactly. Russia is definitely the bad, the bad guys. Guy. But I like in our film where you can't tell who's the hero and who's the villain. Exactly. Because from the perspective of Tasmania, they're like the frontiers people of, like, the 1800s or the 1700s in America trying to, like, forge new grounds and, yep. and, like, find new territories and, like, settle down somewhere. So they've got that kind of, like, pioneer instinct going yep. there. And you've got, like, oh, yeah, they're the plucky, like, underdogs who are trying to make it to a new land. But then from the perspective of, like, mainland Australia, it's just like, this is insane. It is. Uh, They're moving their entire country and they're going to ram it into... I guess Victoria. Yeah, it's right there. Melbourne's right on the the, That's uh, right, the, yeah. the coast there. So you're, you're essentially turning Melbourne into an inland city. <laughs> I am. Um, and uh, and then you're sort of like you know, and then Hobart and and those other cities within Tasmania become yep. that sort of dominant port that yeah. uh, that Melbourne has. So, exactly. So I mean, yeah. So we we open it up with them 
are launching their bombs into the the tectonic plate yep. to separate that uh, <laughs> from its from the crust, yep. and then there's there's some sort of apparatus. I don't know if it, whether it's a lot of boats or whether it's some sort yep. of nuclear powered turbines which start and pushing it slowly. Absolutely nuclear powered turbines. Yeah. You know what I like about that? The slowly thing that we have over in Mission Control in Australia, the whole the mainland Australia yeah. rather, the whole like eight days to go countdown timer that sort of exists yeah. or sits at the top of like their status screens. It's, so you it's, it's almost have like, like the Death Star as it comes around that's right, the yeah, side exactly. of, of exactly. Yavin to, to, to the moon. In fact, we'll have like a computer generated graphic just showing like the ETA to uh, ETA sounds wrong but like this like little graphic uh, representation of Tasmania just slowly inching its way exactly. up to like mainland Australia um, okay I like this I like where this is going I mean this is also the kind of film where we probably should come up with an ending for it as well exactly I, I'm, I'm actually thinking more characters and the motivations yeah, of these point. characters because there, there's definitely the action hero of the mainland yep. people who are just like you have to go and yep. infiltrate yep. the hidden base or to sabotage the turbines to stop them from blowing and I, th- I think as well that the maybe they're not nuclear turbines because yep. Tasmania is notoriously one of the politically more green You're states right, yeah. so they're, they're definitely solar powered turbines <laughs> um, uh, and and so the, the hero has to stop them by blocking from, out the sun by, by blo- I mean maybe that's you know Matrix style <laughs> Matrix style I also think didn't Mr. Burns do that in an episode of The Simpsons as well <laughs> you're right um, uh, so they, they have to stop that but then I also think there's a counter hero yeah. uh, a Tasmanian hero yeah, yeah, yeah. who I don't know what their plan is to well, I to think go that, to the mainland and I, stop something else or yeah I think you're right and maybe they need to do some kind of like infiltration mission uh, to try and what can they do though that's the thing this yeah. is we need to, we need because, somehow because if if Tasmania has a plan that needs sabotaging or needs infiltrating yep. then the mainland also has to have a similar plan yep. that the Tasmanian action hero person can yep. also try and simultaneously yeah. infiltrate and um, okay here, okay here's the idea I've got it so what if mainland Australia was also trying to enact a plan to move the entire country up to get out of the way of the impending Tasmania collision? Where would Australia move to if it didn't want to be where it is? Into New Zealand. Into, into New Zealand? <laughs> or they go they go west. Oh, we can go, I think a lot of Australians complain about really bad um, internet speeds when trying to connect to American servers. Yep. So maybe maybe that's, that's the plan. We're just going to go east <laughs> into the middle of the Pacific. Yep. We might bump into New Zealand, pick up a few Collect of the, like, the, the Solomon Islands and, and those guys along the way. Yep. New Caledonia. And, and yep. uh, yeah. All right, great. So And that's what the Tasmanian hero is trying to do. They're trying to stop that from happening because if, like, if Australia takes off, if mainland Australia takes off, they're going to have, like, the far more aggressive... Uh, they're going to have the nuclear-powered turbines, which, yeah. um, I mean, I don't want to rag on solar too much, but <laughs> considering that they need so much more power, they're more powerful than the solar ones, so there's a good chance that, like, Australia will take off and Tasmania won't make it. You know where where mainland Australia has to put the nuclear turbines, though? Where? If we're heading east, yep. they have to put them on the west coast You're right, to push yep. it. Guess who's on the west coast? <laughs> it's Western, Western Australia, Australia. <laughs> who who don't want to have a bar of it at yep. all. So, uh, so okay, yep. Do they? They're trying to then put maybe like uh, uh, insert a fault line down the <laughs> middle of Australia. So when when they can sort of like push off and then stop and then knock the rest of Australia <laughs> out right, to sea yeah, yeah. and then Western Australia can stay exactly where it is. Exactly. So what they're trying to do is they basically are trying to cut along the the existing border between uh, Western Australia, South Australia and the Northern Territory. Yes. They're just going to cut it right down the middle. Yep. Um, so they're like, 
So here's what they're doing. They're sort of like saying, yeah, yeah, yeah we agree. Uh, mainland Australia will all be part of it. You can put the engines on the uh, on the coast of Western Australia. But secretly, they've got a counter plan going. We're like, we're just going to cut yeah, exactly. right down there. And so <laughs> once the once the engines kick off, they'll move forward, bump the rest of Australia off into the distance, and they'll just stay there. Just stay where they are. Exactly. And then what, Tasmania slots up into uh, empty Tasmania space? Tasmania just keeps going. Yeah. It just keeps going. Because like, gonna... they need to collide into land to stop. Yeah. So they just keep going, and they probably will hit collide yeah. Indonesia. Yeah, Papua New Guinea probably uh, at some stage. Yeah. And then Japan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, so that's, that's the basic plan. That's yep. the story. Yep. You have factions from each of those who yes. have got their own champion action yep. hero yep. Yep. who are trying to go and infiltrate and stop exactly. in a sort of a scissors, paper, rock style. Um, <laughs> yes. Western Australia's plan beats New South Wales's plan or Western <laughs> Eastern Australia's plan. Eastern Australia's plan beats Tasmania's plan and Tasmanian yep. plans beat. Um, yep. This is like the reverse Gondwana land, like the, the amorphous massive land that exists. No, not, was it? Yeah, uh, Pangea. Pangea, Gond- sorry. Yeah. Land. yeah, you know, you're uh, Right. This is the reverse version of that, where they're trying to separate as quickly and efficiently as possible. Exactly. I don't know how any of this is technically possible, but who cares? Um, okay, so our three like anti-heroes slash heroes, I guess, because we don't know, we don't, we don't know who to barrack for, and no. I think that perhaps like this is actually good because when we do the regional releases in Australia, you can just go like team team Western Australia, team mainland Australia, team Tasmania, in the same way that they did it for Twilight. Exactly. Team the, what Jacob? They, team Jacob and Edward. Yeah. What they missed there was like like doing a polarized thing. Because when, yeah. when you have two teams, you can only sell two, $2 of t-shirts. <laughs> That's right. We've, we've upped the stakes. There's, yeah, a, yeah. there's a third t-shirt that you, yep. can, um, you can buy and Not get behind. A, you know what we can do as well? Because it's so ambiguous, we can do extra t-shirts. So it's just like, what if you want to go for Team Western Australia and Team, team Tasmania? Oh, right, yeah. What if you want to go for Team Tasmania and Team Mainland Australia? Exactly. It's, uh, it's, it's so many different permutations. So many, I don't know how, like, max, six. six. All right, there you go. Six different styles of shirts that we can sell. <laughs> and I guess all the other merchandise that we can put in there. But we're getting past ourselves here. We still need to give, we still need to give each of these regions a anti-hero slash hero. Uh, so... You know what people don't do? What? Lots of Australians go to Hollywood. Yes. And play Americans. Yes. We do not get enough Americans coming <laughs> no, back the we other do way not. and trying to play Australians. <laughs> so I reckon, like, I mean, I'm only doing this because we have cast so many Australians in films and our, our pool is pretty low. I mean, the, the number of films the Hemsworths have been in is getting a little bit ridiculous. Um, I reckon we cast Americans oh, we have to. To, to play Australians. 100% American cast. So in the same way that, like... Americans will jam themselves into any other country and just have an American accent for yeah. no reason. Um, we are absolutely going to cast this film with 100% American actors attempting to do Australian accents, which we know from past experience they cannot do. No. Um, only we can do acceptable Australian uh, accents, even though our normal accents are American. Yes. Um, all right. So... Uh, let's go with what we're deeming to be mainland Australia. And don't think we're being um, uh, discriminatory here in calling mainland <laughs> Australia excluding, uh, which sort of excludes Western Australia. Yep. Because as far as mainland con- uh, uh, Australia is concerned, yes. they think that Western Australia is part of their plan. Yeah, yeah, So when they're, when they're mainland Australia contingent, yep. they're not aware that they're going to be double-crossed. Yes. So, so we say mainland Australia, it really consists of uh, Queensland, New South Wales, the mm. ACT, Victoria, South Australia, and the Northern Territory. It's quite a lot, actually. It, it is. It is, it is the, the, ch- the biggest chunk of, um, yes. of the country. Uh, so we need to ca- we'll cast them first. Yep. Um, and I'm thinking... Uh, oh, I'm actually not even sure what I'm thinking. 
Who would uh, who would fit in well there as an action star? Sylvester Stallone can barely do an acceptable American accent, let alone an Australian one. So yes. what about him? I think he's too old. Too I th- old. I think you want to go for more of a... Yeah, I mean, if you want to cast Sylvester Stallone as Prime Minister of Australia... That's a great then, idea. Um, I, I think he can he can definitely sort of fill yep. in that role there. Prime Minister Stallone, yep. Yeah, but okay. I'm thinking more of your, like... Uh, Chloe Grace Moritz is she? Oh, yeah. is she yep. she's uh, old enough now to sort of yep. be playing um, those adult roles. Yeah, she did. Uh, she played. She was in Kickass. Wasn't yeah, she, she was so. de- definitely a kid's role in Kickass. Yeah, but I think she's subsequently gone on to play those sort of you know um, I'm in my twenties kind of thirties yep. style yep. Uh, roles. I reckon. I reckon she'd be a good yeah. choice in there. That's a great choice. She, she's, yep. she's more probably a little bit more of the the um, the spy infiltration sort of yeah. rather yep. than you know guns are blazing kind of. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yep. Kind of action star, yep. But I reckon I reckon that's a pretty good role for her. Yeah, I I completely agree. Great casting there. Uh, all right, let's do Tasmania's. Yep. Now Tasmania kind of feels a little bit more rugged. I feel like we need more of an outdoorsy kind of person. Perhaps uh, is this where we bring in our like MMA fighter? Uh, yeah, I mean, casting. Dave, obviously, if we're going to draw from the world, <laughs> Dave Bautista yep. is a is a good is a good uh, a good shot there. Yep. It seems to be a, a somewhat of a goldmine for yep. those kind of uh, Ronda Rousey. We could put in as well. Yeah, she's been in our films before. Yep. She hasn't had any speaking roles yet. I'm not actually 100 <laughs> percent sure if she uh, she has can act that well. Yep. All right. No, let's go for Dave Bautista. Bautista. Right. So we're stealing him from Final Score. We are. Yeah. And I think this is this is what's good. We we want to have that slight confusion as well for the uh, cinema going audience who thinks that they're in for like an America v Russia nuclear sub standoff, and they instead go to a Australia against itself, yeah, uh, country mass landmass standoff as well because it stars the same actor. Exactly. Well, no, I, actually, no, it doesn't. No, he was in Final Score. It was Jared Butler. Sorry, was. Uh, um, You're absolutely right, but now I feel like we should cast. Jared I mean, we, we 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 have. I mean, Gary, uh, Hunter Killer had um, Gary Oldman. We've got yeah. Academy Award winner Sylvester Stallone. Oh, so, um, I, Academy I think Award. he won for writing Rocky. Right, uh, okay. not, not, not an that's acting a, Oscar, right. but that's, that's fine. fine. It, count, it counts with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, apparently. <laughs> so that's all good. All right, great. Um, so we have Dave Bautista. Oh, I can't say his name. Bautista. Right. Bautista for Tasmania. Now we just need Western Australia's, who we won't reveal until like maybe halfway through the film, because like I think we want that the, twist. The, there is a betrayal. Yeah. There's a, a surprise betrayal at one point. Yep. Um, and who is better at surprise betrayals? <laughs> yeah. Than <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Betrayer of, like, uh, the Transformers. He's a betrayer series. of himself. Spielberg. He's a betrayer of his own career. Yep. <laughs> um, I've, I've not seen him. For, yeah, all right. Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. You've given me all these names that I can't pronounce. But, um, yes, he absolutely needs to play the Western Australian hero uh, who pops out of nowhere halfway through the film to reveal the, the dastardly plot of... <laughs> Western Australia's, which is cutting the the entire state off from the mainland, so that when those nuclear engines kick in, they just bump the rest of Australia off, and then they're just sitting pretty in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. So right. the film is called Killer Hunter. Killer Hunter. Yes. Does that mean that 
Croc Hunter has to make an appearance at some point for the gonna, f- oh, no. film to make any sense. <laughs> are we going to bring Steve Irwin No, I back? think his, his kids are oh, at yeah, an age right, now, yeah. so like I kind of feel as though... Bindi uh, Irwin? Bindi Irwin, and yep. even his son, who looks exactly, who's just like a carbon copy yeah, yeah. of him. I'm not sure what that Irwin boy's name is, but <laughs> I reckon they'll they'll feature in there as well at, yep. at some sort of point yep. um, as just, just as a way of making that film make yep. any sense at all. You know what's good about that as well? It still fulfills our, like, uh, well, actually, I'm not sure if it does. Yeah, no, it does because um, Steve Irwin, uh, Irwin's wife and the mother of those two I've forgotten her name yeah. I think it's Terry yep Terry Irwin Terry Irwin is, 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 very is American, American. Yeah. yeah and uh, Bindi kind of has that like very precocious uh, high school American teenager style method of communicating yeah. so uh, yeah I think we've still continued our um, even our even guideline. if we just bring the Irwin son on as a um, consultant, consultant to, to, yeah. to teach everyone else how to do the Australian <laughs> accent because he has he has such an Australian accent. He it's, really does. Uh, yeah. It's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. So we'll go with that one. I reckon. Yeah, great. Uh, this is okay. This is fantastic. Now, do we need? Okay, how how is this film going to end? Because we've set up some real high stakes here. Each region kind of has. Uh, we kind of are barracking for every, for each region to yeah. succeed, but they can't all succeed. Uh, who's going to win? Should we do the thing that they do sometimes and do like regional versions of the film uh, where they change things depending on which region it's getting released in? Yeah, we've done that a couple of times before. We'd had a zoo animal one True, um, yep. where we did that. We had we had a many, many alternate endings yeah. to, to our films as well. Yep. So maybe no one wins. But what what does that look like geographically? <laughs> is it is it like like a, it's kind of like a full stop between two open brackets. Kind of because you have you have Western Australia, which is pretty much where it is. Yep. The rest of Australia, which has been shunted out yep. towards the uh, the east a little bit more, has probably collected New Zealand. Yep. And the the dot <laughs> that is Tasmania just kind of sitting in the middle there. You know what it's like? It's like when you play pool and you break the tri- like the the balls for the first time. That's what happens, right? They all set off their plans at the same time and they all collide together at once and then just like spread off in different directions so tasmania heads down south and collides with antarctica australia like bypasses america completely and just keeps sorry mainland australia just keeps sort of circling the equator now collecting more and more countries western australia starts just spinning in a circle you know what we've created here what it's a geostorm (laughs) (laughs) we need to get gerard butler in to clean it all up (laughs) yeah we do um No, he. I, we absolutely do need it. So maybe he needs to play like we need the. Um, so this film has nothing but Australian citizens in it yes. in the like films universe. But maybe we need the American consultant character to come by and try and fix everything up afterwards, yeah. and that's played by Gerard Butler. Uh, you know the the classic getting a Scottish person <laughs> to play an American. <laughs> that's perfect. That's right. So the only American like character in the film is played by a Scot. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Wait, does he come in? When does he come in, though? I don't know. We have a habit of just going, to be concluded in part two. <laughs> I reckon he just comes in, he switches reverse on a couple of the uh, um, nuclear power generators, he puts everything back into place, he just reassembles Australia perfectly. In a different, yeah, in a different configuration. Yeah, exactly. So he, like, he literally just comes up in the last ten minutes and he's just like, here's what you need to do, and I, just puts it all back together like a jigsaw puzzle. Maybe he needs to be, I don't want to add another layer to this film, but maybe he needs to be a Rubik's Cube expert. 
Like he's one of those he's one of those guys that like does a Rubik's cube in like yeah. three point five seconds. And a la like Bruce Willis in Armageddon, he's the only person now that the world can rely on to reassemble the now <laughs> dismantled and separated Australia. He's just like he's just got an atlas open going. Yeah, I think New Zealand <laughs> needs to go a, l- a little bit more to the left, a little bit more to the left, guys. Just a little bit. Perfect. That's good. That's perfect. <laughs> No, no, no. The, the, what he needs to do is, a la a Rubik's Cube, you need to make radical changes to exactly. it first before you can get it back to what it was. <laughs> it's like, I put Australia back into place and Papua New Guinea's now popped out of place. <laughs> exactly. So there's like, yeah, like I think the last like 20 minutes of the film is like, we need to do some, again, a nice countdown timer until like the world is lost again of just watching like different countries shift randomly around the world as they're being reassembled by a uh, by Gerard Butler. But I think how it should end as well is um, Gerard Butler's too good at Rubik's, at the Rubik's Cube. And instead of, like, putting the countries back to where they were, he basically just reconstructs Pangea. Oh, right. Pangea, it, right? It, it goes back. <laughs> it just goes back. And back they were like, they now fit perfectly together. Um, yeah. Because that's just... He needs it. He needs. Exactly. They need to all line up yeah, properly. Unbeknownst to us, the world is already in a scrambled state. That's right. Exactly. And he's, he's unscrambled it too much <laughs> and re, yeah, reconstructed <laughs> the entire monocontinent or whatever right. it used to be. Exactly. So. And then maybe it's a happy ending. Maybe it's just like all the cultures of the world are suddenly all connected. There's no. It's just. Yeah. yeah. That, I think, what's it like? Seventy uh, percent of the world is of the planet is water. Yep. So now that whole thirty percent of the uh, of the world that's uh, landmass is now just in one place. Exactly. No need for expensive overseas flights anymore. It's no. now just one big island, one big happy family. And then yeah, everyone just gets along. Thank you, Jerome Butler. <laughs> Thank you for saving us all. Exactly. And that film is called Killer Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's his Rubik's Cube nickname or yeah. something. <laughs> All right, I think that's a wrap. I think that is. Uh, okay, housekeeping as per usual. We are online at moviefilmstudios.net where you can find all of our previous episodes, our bios, and of course, Mephuzza Wooder and Mephuzza Wooder Live, which we introduced earlier this I, it, episode. It, it's, it's part of it. It's, is just, it? it's just like a, a platinum subscription will unlock uh, bonus okay. features I, in there. I was so. worried that you were giving it to them for free and not. No. <laughs> I clearly don't know you very well. Search Facebook for Movie Film Studios and join the community where we post clues as to the trailers we've watched in the upcoming episodes. Uh, mm, Slender Man, that'll be fun. Sure, I think I think they're all possible. Sure, why not? Why not? Uh, give it a guess, and we'll put you at the top of the leaderboard, which we've yet to create. Uh, we're on. <laughs> We're on Twitter because uh, sometimes 240 characters is all you need to tell the jokes. And um, we are on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and any other place that you get podcasts. Give us a rating. Give us a like. Give us a star. Give us four stars. Give us five stars. Give us your life and some blood. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. If, Actually, if you enjoy yeah, do the that. podcast, do like, that. Word of mouth. Like, uh, you know what? Listen to this podcast yeah. and start at the skyscraper episode <laughs> and go from there onwards. Exactly. Ignore most of season one. It's a bit... It's. I mean, it's a learning experience. It always is. There's some good stuff you know, in there. We're, we're, we're different people. We've evolved. We have. So so season one, who knows what season three is going to be like. We're far more successful Hollywood uh, producers than we ever were in the past. Exactly. So it can only get better from here. And I think that's it. All that remains is to thank you again for listening this week. I've been Isaac. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. Watch me.